Happy New Year to all our listeners and viewers. Vimana are mythological flying palaces or chariots described in Hindu text and Sanskrit epics, used by deities to travel great distances quickly and coming in a wide variety of shapes and sizes. Could these accounts be some of the earliest and most detailed descriptions of what we now call UFOs? Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we peer into the mists of time and try to decipher whether these otherworldly craft were real. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello, listeners, and a happy new year to you. Welcome to 2024 with your favourite podcast for looking at the mysterious skies under the ocean, smoke-filled back rooms, and occasionally deep into the recesses of ancient history or mythology, which is where we're going today. My name is Neil Kelly. And I'm Stu Jackson. Happy New Year, Neil. Happy New Year. Hope it's a good one. Uh, yes, yes. Well, we're predicting the future a little bit because we're, we're still stuck in October, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, we, we might not even be here by the time this goes out. That's it, stay positive. Um. Yeah, this is dedicated <laughs> to the memory of Neil Kelly, <laughs> who oh, showed very poor man. judgment <laughs> that one time. Um, he should have known better. So any uh, any New Year's resolutions? Trying to turn that very swiftly onto a more positive note. <laughs> Blimey, I haven't even thought of it. I mean, um, no. Have you? Have you made any New Probably Year's resolutions? Not. I'm not a big one for New Year's resolutions. I think you know if if it's worth making a change in your life, then why wait till tomorrow? Why wait till an arbitrary ticking over of the odometer? I, I suppose it it derives from you know people acting like gluttons over the holiday period, drinking too much, eating too much, all this, all the things, smoking a lot, and then saying, "Oh, as soon as the new year, as soon as the clock ticks round, that's it. I'm going on my diet, or I'm going to stop smoking." Or yeah, it's hard to keep those resolutions, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose there's that, and and also it's it's kind of a human thing to want to, I don't know, to celebrate like anniversaries of things i don't know it's it's like 
people talk about, oh, it's a new year, it's a fresh start. I mean, why yeah. every day is a fresh start? Every yeah, minute like, of every hour. I mean, we explain to small children that just because it's their birthday, they're, they're only a day older than they were. They're not a year older, but uh, sometimes <laughs> we forget that ourselves, that uh, the way time passes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's it's a what new you year, with but your kids like it might yeah. be your birthday, but you're only a day older, so you're not getting any presents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the kind of father you were? Yeah, and I say, well, my, my accountant will tell me that the new year starts on the sixth of April. Right. So I'm well, celebrate yes. New Year's Eve on the fifth of April. You know, that's <laughs> that's that's the year my accountant cares about. For our overseas viewers, uh, that's because the financial year in the UK runs from the 6th of April to the 5th. Is it, is it, yeah. Isn't it a, a, an international thing? Won't, um, Don't think other so. institutions? I think different countries have their own okay. thing. Um, it might, might marry up with others. I'm not, I'm not sure, to be honest. Mm. Um, but yes, we're not talk here talking about current dates we're here to talk about past dates in the mists of time well in in the mists of what you might call what you might dismiss as mythology which people would call religion well yes although you know there is some stuff to it so we're talking about vimanas mm. uh, which are mentioned in Hindu texts and Sanskrit epics. Uh, it is, in fact, a Sanskrit word. Uh, vimana. vimana. Um, and what Vimanas are, the way they are described and the way they are contextualised, they're basically flying vessels for deities. Well, um, it kind of... It has lots of meanings, doesn't it? I mean, the Sanskrit word, looking here, it, etymology, literally means measuring out, traversing, having been measured out. Um, mm -hmm. Monier, Monier Williams describes it as a car as, or chariot of the gods, as you say, any self-moving aerial car, sometimes serving as a seat or throne, sometimes self-moving and carrying its occupant through the air. Um, other descriptions make it more like a house or a palace. Mm. Um, one kind said to be seven stories high um, it may denote any car or vehicle especially a beer or a ship as well as a palace of an emperor especially one with seven stories is that because seven's a lucky number is it um, I think yeah seven's a, so. of particular significance but no that's you've, you've hit on an absolute point Vimanas are, are mentioned a lot mm. um, particularly in, in the Hindu um, text <coughs> And there are lots of different types of vimanas. Mm. Um, you know, there's not just one type and one size. They come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Um, but the one thing they do all have in common is that they are the transport of the gods, basically. Mm. Of the deities. Um, now... We've talked a little bit in the in the past on this show um, about the possibility of um, aliens in the past visiting the planet and being perceived as gods. So I suppose mm. the whole Vimana thing is kind of an extension of that, in a way. 
It seems to be the same out. kind of thing, doesn't it? That, you know, I mean, Ooh. Vimana now in Indian languages is the word for an aircraft, so that it's obviously stuck. But things mm. like you know the the, the fly, flying in on flaming shields and mm-hmm. that yeah. sort of thing from Christian mythology, religion, I should say, religion, not not mythology. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. is mythology is what you call a religion that's no longer practiced. And mm. so Roman religions were are now, or, or Norse, Norse or ancient Egyptian, they're, they're, they're now, what were their religions are now mythologies. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> there isn't really a difference. Mm. Um, but so we have we, with... Sorry. Oh, go on. No, so we we talking about the same kind of thing where... Um, things that we would now recognise as meteor showers or eclipses or whatever, that, that they were given some magical meaning by these people who who had no knowledge of the universe. Or well, did they have knowledge? Of- that's a, a good question. Uh, because when you look at um, things in... Well, for example, in the Christian religion, you've got the hmm. whole, you know, as we just after Christmas, the whole thing about the nativity and, you know, following the North Star. You know, some people have speculated that if that happened, that that might have been uh, a UFO or UAP of some description. Mm. Um, or it might also have been a comet. And it's, you know, all you're seeing is a star moving through the sky. I mean, well, have there, the have there, I just thought to it. So have there ever been times when, say, an emperor wants to go and visit a certain area... And um, you know, maybe maybe where there's been some trouble, or they sending his ambassador, someone from the palace, and it just happens that there's a shooting star in the sky just before he arrives. So they see this star go shooting over, and then he turns up five minutes later and says, "Yes, that that was me. <laughs> I, that's how I got here, and that's how I'll be leaving." Quite possibly, although I. I suspect where these things happen is you get two different stories that are then conflated later on. That, mm. that would be my... I think that's more yeah. common. Um, but no, comparing the the descriptions of things that could be perceived to be UFOs or UAPs in, in the Christian religion, like you say, the, you know, coming in on, um, mm. on fiery shields or burning shields, um, things like that. With Vimanas, you've got much more accurate and, and in many cases, really quite specific descriptions uh, coming through. What, They're in... not vague allegories. They're talked about. And, and in the same way that the Bible talks about things as, you know, they, they use language that is factual historical record... Um, that's the way things are talked about. It's the same with these Hindu texts. Um, well, I, I don't think the Bible does talk about things like that. I mean, I don't yeah, think it does. I don't think there's a single date mentioned in the Bible. N- no, but it talks about events happening that are, you know, almost like a so, historical record. Yeah, but I would have thought I'm that not the, saying the, the first requirement of a clear, historical record would be that at least give us a date. Just to be clear, I'm not saying it is a historical record. I'm saying the style of writing. It's not saying it's not saying it's work of fiction. It's saying it right, and 
you know, Noah went forth with his wife and they had so many sons and, you know, yeah. it's... it's They're writing it as, as if it's true. historical record. They're now, writing some it. Some people will yeah. say it is true. Some people question that. That's not what we're here to do. But what I'm saying is the Hindu texts are recorded in this, in a similar fashion. They're recorded as if they are true. Yes. I'll go but along with, with that. With Vimanas, they have very specific descriptions. They talk about... So, the different types of Vimanas, hmm. for a start. They talk about some that are saucer-shaped. They talk about some that are, you know, cylindrical, like cigar-shaped, we would say today. Hmm. I mean, they wouldn't have said saucers in... In that time, you know, but but the way the description I'm using modern language, um, they talk about some that are spherical in nature. Um, now those sound like modern day UFOs. Sources, you know, we talk about cigar shaped UFOs. We talk about orbs. We you talk know that about, effect, you know, flying saucers. You know that effect you get with a heat haze, which you probably get an awful lot of in India, especially these days, mm -hmm. where a distant building can seem to be floating in the air. Yes, it's just it, over it the horizon. Gets bisected, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that account for? And there's a, an illustration here on the Wikipedia page of the Pushpaka Vimana flying in the sky, and it looks like a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven story, seven story. building hovering in the sky but that looks very much like what I, I would think it's yeah you've got that heat haze effect well the uh, the pushpuk Vim vimana is probably one of the most famous and mm. it was said to be the size of a city mm. so that's a bit bigger than a building that would have been bisected but i i can see where you're coming from with it um mm. but it doesn't explain the different shapes that you get with vimanas um they also talk about, um, very specifically, that these things were made of an alloy of gold and iron. Is there such a thing? I mean, can you, can, you... you can alloy the two things. Yeah, sure. You mix them together, melt them together and mix them together. Sure. Okay. You can do that with any metals, I presume. I'm okay. not a metallurgist, but uh, yeah. You can mix any can, metal to make an alloy. If you can melt two things, you can mix them together. Why not? Yeah. I suppose the question is what it what it what happens when it cools, whether it's something useful or whether it's Well absolutely, but we do know that gold um is particularly useful uh, in electronics for its conductivity. Hmm. Now might also be said it's useful therefore for heat dissipation as well do those two go together electric uh, conductivity and heat dissipation they can do yeah yeah the the problem with the heat dissipation side with um with gold of course is that it's got a low melting point compared to a lot of other metals yeah um so yeah, so it's less about heat dissipation in, in for us, but certainly electrical conductivity is one of the most conductive mm. metals. The only reason we use copper in our wiring is because it's a lot cheaper. 
Yeah. Gold's far better for conductivity. Yeah, you just can't have miles and miles and miles of, of gold wire. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that, that holds. Yeah, I mean, a, a bit of wood won't conduct electricity. And you can also hold it in a fire for any length of time without uh, without the heat transferring <laughs> up it. Uh, unlike, say, a, a, an iron bar. Yeah, you don't want to be holding on to the end of that. Holding no. it in a fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. They talk about... Um, how the Vimanas in, in these Hindu texts, how they used mercury as well in in their construction. Oh, they would have called it quicksilver, of course. Mm. Um, now, that's not a, that wouldn't have been a very common metal. No. Then. So that's an unusual one for them to specifically cite. Where does mercury come from? Where, where's it found? It's a natural. Yeah, you would just find a I puddle suppose. of mercury somewhere in a. I, it's a, probably mined. Yeah. I would have thought. I I honestly don't know. Um, but no, I don't know yeah, whether it it's mined, mined or whether it's found or. Yeah, you. Has to be separated out from something or. Presumably, um, yeah, but yeah, you would dig. I would have thought. There'll be pockets of it, I imagine. I don't know. It was used Maybe as a treatment one for... one of our listeners or viewers now. It was used as a treatment for syphilis, wasn't it? But, uh, yes, what? They'd, say, they'd warn you against going know. with women of uh, negotiable, negotiable um, affection. Um, <laughs> so what they used to say here, one night with Venus, a lifetime with Mercury. <laughs> right, Okay. <laughs> No, I've not heard that one before. Um, okay. <laughs> Obviously, uh, you've never needed to, but uh, <laughs> um, they also talk about how these vimanas used they altered gravity in order to fly. Would they have understood gravity back then? I thought that was a, an Isaac Newton eighteenth-century thing. Um, or was it seventeenth-century? I mean, invented. Um, no, but the uh, the, the idea the, of gravity of a force. Well, they wouldn't have specifically said gravity. I mean, mm. you know, this obviously not in English for a start. Um, but the concept that you know, if you drop something, it falls. Mm. Is yeah, that that's not a new concept. So if you, we now refer to that as gravity because that's the name mm. for it. But um, yeah. That as a concept is is not new at all. And they would have known that. They would have known if you Definitely. drop something on a hard floor, it'll break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, drop something, it uh, falls. Yeah. And and that they would have also believed that um, any kind of flight for human flight was impossible. Probably. Probably balloons hadn't occurred to them then. Right. And they would have believed, you know, like like Europeans until the uh, the Montgolfier brothers first went up in a balloon um it, it was feared that they would be disturbing god in his heaven yeah if they if they went too high and then when they did go up high and said nope nothing up here but sky um they had to kind of change their ideas about where heaven is um but i can imagine you know at the time these texts were written people thought yeah god's up in the sky somewhere looking down at you because that's the best place to look at you from isn't it best place to see watch what you're doing well, they did talk about 
and interesting you raise that because they did talk about Vimanas going into space. Hmm. But would they have known what not... space was? Oh, yes. Yes, they, they had astronomers back then. They knew about different When are we talking? planets. Oh, a few thousand years ago. Because in the Christian Bible, um, the one the one we currently use, which is about 400 years old, mm-hmm. um, there, there's mention made of you know, the, the, the day of judgment when all the stars in the sky will fall to earth. Mm. Clearly having no concept of what stars are or how big they are or, or how far, how impossibly far away they are. So in terms of scientific endeavour the Mm. Christian culture is (laughs) I really hope I'm not going to offend any viewers or listeners with this but scientifically speaking quite backward um, there was so we talk about um, you know um, famous astronomers like working out that you know the earth orbits the sun that wasn't new knowledge that Mm. was lost knowledge that was um, the concept of the sun ov- orbiting the earth and, and hmm. the, the earth being the centre of the universe that was introduced by Christianity hmm. um, that was you know prior to that we, we knew that the earth orbited the sun and you know the other planets all orbited the sun and that you know, the sun itself moved in the heavens. And and they knew how big the earth was and they knew it was round. The yeah, people, um, it was oh, about 4,000 years ago, didn't... Um, oh, uh, what was his name with the angles? Greek Pythagoras? Chap. Pythagoras, thank you. Didn't he calculate how big the earth was based on sticking a, a stick into a hole? Um... I think it was something like that. I, I know they worked out that if you stand on something, you know, looking out across something with no obstacles, like out to sea, um, a, a person of average height can see for about the kilometer. The, the horizon is about five kilometers away, three and a half miles, mm. say. If you stand on something that's five meters high, i.e., fifteen or sixteen feet high, you can see twice as far. You extend your horizon because you can see over the curve a bit more. And from that calculation, you can work out what the curve of the Earth is and therefore how big the Earth is. They knew that thousands of years ago. That's why ships had that's why ships had crow's nests. That's why they put their sentries in watchtowers because they knew they can see, not well, yeah. not just over obstacles, but they can just see far, further gently. And that's why when you see a ship in the distance coming over the horizon, it appears to be a rising out of the sea. You're looking at it through a telescope because it's coming over the curve. Yeah, yeah, like like something That's coming it. over a hill, the brow of a hill, which it is. So, <laughs> in, in yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so but, yeah, but also the, something beyond that horizon that would appear to be floating, wouldn't it? If you, you know, the only part of a ship that you can see above the yeah, beyond the horizon that wouldn't that appear to be floating in the air. Uh, no, because it'd be either below the horizon or, as you say, just rising up from mm. the horizon. It might look like it's coming out of the sea. Mm. Um, which, uh, that's an interesting um, point as well with Vimana's that's uh, described. 
um, is they were transmedium um, vehicles. That they would arise out of the sea. Uh, yeah, they, on the, they on the operated in the sea or in the air or in space. Um, mm. But they didn't travel between the stars. That that was a, yeah. a thing. They they would go up into space where they would... Now, I'm going to use modern language to describe this, but, but they would effectively... They would connect or dock with um, what we would now call a mothership. A larger palace craft, whatever you would call it, that would be the thing that travelled between the stars. The, the smaller mm. the money, I suppose. To us, they'd be like um, like shuttles, shuttlecraft. Mm. Not interstellar. No, I mean I, I read. Um, I, I don't know why the subject came up, but I was looking at yeah, our, our nearest neighbouring solar system is Proxima Centauri yeah. which is four and a half light years away which is, I think it's 5.88 trillion miles well the fastest moving object we've ever been we've ever put into space was Voyager 1 which is travelling at about 38,000 miles an hour at that speed it will take 20,000 years to reach Proxima mm. Centauri our nearest neighbouring star yes so yes. I, I can't imagine that ancient people had any concept of the kinds of distances they were they were looking, that they were looking millions of years back in time when they see stars. No, they, um, and obviously we we know now that light travels at a, a finite speed. So mm. yeah, we can make those sorts of calculations. But uh, no, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have so much been that. Um, no, but yeah, they they did talk about these larger craft. Travelling between stars. Hmm. Absolutely. Or, or in, appearing in to way. from their viewpoint on the ground and being able to see thousands of stars all at once in a clear sky. Well, well what I get is, is in every way, it seems um, they're talking about UFO, what we would talk about. UAPs today, or UFOs, or flying saucers. So many parallels. Um, the problem I have with ancient texts is because you're relying on the testimony of, of one anonymous writer. Well, here you've got um, with no lots evidence. of different writers. All right, lots of different anonymous writers, but they're all making their claims about mm -hmm. what, what what was seen on that day hundreds of years ago. They're, they're just, Thousands. <laughs> yeah, but in, I mean, in terms of, terms of the Bible, the people writing it were writing the, you know, the transcribing these these events hundreds of years after they were supposed to have happened. Mm. So it's. I mean that's why that's why there is an area of studies that people people set out to prove that things in the Bible actually happened or didn't happen for well, their own reasons. People have done that with the manas. They've they've taken mm. the descriptions and created drawings. This is in more yeah. recent times. Um, they've mm. they've created drawings that definitely lend themselves towards you know them being spacecraft of some description. And but I think there's. I think to be fair, there's a lot of artistic license being taken yeah. with the the whilst 
the descriptions are accurate, um, they're not as specific well, as what's been taken. Pre- the descriptions are precise in 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 their yes. in terms of themselves self referencing. I mean that that picture of the pushback of Vimana flying in the sky. It reminds me of cartoons you know, when someone's died and gone to heaven and they're on a cloud and there's some gates on the cloud with St Peter stood behind mm. a, a a sort of I suppose a a rostrum with with his with his book and who's on the list with, with his wings on his back and his harp. Um, yeah. It's that kind oh, of yeah. idea that you're you know, you're up in the sky. But there we go. Um, and of course, if we want to see any vimanas, uh, all we have to do is look at the top of uh, any, um, I suppose, Indian temples, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They and have that image of the temple floating in the sky. Well, they are they are put like the top of Indian temples is is called a vimana and it is designed to look like a vimana. Um, mm. Obviously, it's not an actual flying vessel, but um, yeah. but yeah, that's what they look like. So have a look at the top of Indian temples when you're. Um, I remember when I was very young and there was a a protest against the Vietnam War in Washington and thousands of protesters turned up and they were going to surround the Pentagon and then with their collective thought they were going to levitate it. Um, They didn't succeed. and I'm not sure how seriously it was taken as a threat that they they might succeed. Mm. But it was all part of the sort of the new age belief systems that were, that were coming in, you know, we can we can sit there and meditate and we'll levitate the, the Pentagon. I don't know to what end, whether they just give them a bit of a scare. To but, prove you know, the power this of... Reminds of that, you know, it's this idea of buildings, buildings levitating. Mm. Okay, well, we've reached that point in the episode when uh, we sort of summarise our thoughts. So, yeah... What do you think then, Vimanas? Is there could it be potentially a record of extraterrestrials or otherworldly beings coming in their craft? Um no, I think I think the word is used to mean too many different things. Um it it's confusing and I, I tend not to pay too much attention to religious texts because they have their own agenda for okay. making you well, want I, to believe that something happened. Yeah, I mean, I I can see so many parallels with modern-day UFOs or UAPs mm. that I just can't help but think there is something... And, of course, they would apply a religious context to it because, you know, mm. God's one day, fair is another day, and extraterrestrials today you know that's, well i, that's I, I can of... also see if, if people have seen something which they're, they're unable to explain something fr- a bit frightening in the sky it will be in the the local emperor's interest to say yes that was me so <laughs> watch your step don't don't mess with me <laughs> there we go yeah well what do you think listeners and viewers um are vimana's accurate representations of otherworldly crafters as i believe or optical illusions and hyperbole 
and mythology and, and mythology yeah. as yeah. Neil suggests um, or is it a combination of the two somewhere in between perhaps hmm. do let us know what you think via the usual means uh, it's the same every time and links are below for our email address which is aliensexplored at gmail.com uh, for our Facebook and Twitter and our YouTube as well uh, and of course our Patreon so if you subscribe to that you get exclusive access to the Discord server um, join us next time oh yes I'm looking forward to next well I'm always looking forward to these recordings <laughs> uh, but we're definitely in my wheelhouse next week because uh, we'll be doing a roundup of the crop circles of 2023 so look forward to that one in the meantime keep reading these old religious texts and their descriptions of craft because you never know you might be looking into something a bit weird and wonderful and of course keep watching the skies take care for now catch you next time bye bye Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.